あーあー突き刺さった抑え込んだカウントはどうだ3つ入った勝ちました石井そして吉橋は初体感ものすごい消耗戦Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast. The podcast open to everyone, even Yoshihashi.、Oh, wow. I'm Luke, and with me is my co host, Andy. And、uh, today we'll be covering five shows that happened in four days. Wow, I'm kind of happy there's a two week break because that was a lot. Mind you, there'll be no breaks in September, October. Mr. Andy, but、uh, yes, we're covering four summer, summer struggle. I'm struggling to say summer struggle, but we're covering four of those shows. It's going to be a great show, Andy. I can't even talk good. And、uh, also, New Japan Strong, which aired on、uh, Friday slash Saturday for、uh, you and I. So that's us today. Well, like,、uh, You can also find us on the、uh, interwebs, mostly on Twitter, I believe.、Uh, you can follow both of us individually. I'm at Grumpy2EB. That's、uh, the number two. You don't have to write TWO. And Andy is at Drusifer Tweets, which I never really have to explain as much, even though mine's got less letters in it. Never, never mind. <laughs> And if you want to just、uh, follow the podcast, it's at NeverOpenPod. We do have an email address if you wish to send us something a little more long form. We might read it on the show just for the novelty of actually getting an email. <laughs> And、uh, <laughs> that is neveropenpod at gmail.com. There is a lot of wrestling to cover, Mr. Andy.、Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing we got to cover is just you had to change the intro. I mean, the world is different than it was yesterday. You know, I mean, things have changed. Um, you know,、uh, birds are chirping.、Uh, you know, a lot of people feel this way anyway. The, the sun is shining,、uh, the clouds are, are fluffy. I mean, we're now including Yoshihashi in, in dude, I mean, he's welcome on the show. Dude, it's been, apparently, it's been,、uh, he's been in New Japan for 12 years, and this is his. First title. So little did I anticipate that when we started this show, I thought, this is a nice intro that'll last us a good long time. Eight episodes later, even Yoshihashi. <laughs>、uh. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, it's just another example of、uh, probably what we're going to end up doing is that I think all the things we say on here are so important, Luke. That New Japan's listening, Gato's listening, he knows we trust him, and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna fuck with these guys, these uh, you know, uh, Yanks and Australian dudes, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put a, a title on Yoshihashi, and uh, that's gonna be kind of the big、uh, climax of our episode today, right? I can, I can handle Gato fucking with us like that. I <laughs>、uh, don't think you could handle it though, if uh, it came out that if evil wins at、uh, Jingu. His next opponent is、uh, Hiroki Goto. I'll say. 
Okay. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, Godot, Godot got a championship too, which I mean, you know, I am going to play kind of the role of devil's advocate a little bit because I'm not nearly as happy about all this as everyone else is. However, I'm not a giant asshole, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, rawr, 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 you know, but, uh, but I, you know, it's, it's all right. Fine. It's, it's fine. all right, listeners. Uh, Andy is, holy shit, you're the grump and I'm the Lucifer, I guess. You're the, okay. <laughs> you were swap names because you're the one who's like, oh man, Godo's got a belt. And I'm just like, oh man, that warms my heart. Not the, not necessarily that Godo has a belt, but she's <laughs> got a title and Yoshihashi finally achieved his dream to have gold, any gold. And it took, it took all that, you know, all of that, uh, work and all those years for him to finally make a facial expression finally you know so it, it only took 12 years luke but finally we got a facial expression and some form of true, character development for yoshihashi happiness <laughs> true happiness i'm gonna make a, a, a joke about uh not a bad joke like it, it, it's a it's a nice one but just about how uh the three men are uh, reacting to having titles uh, we'll get into that. There's so much wrestling to cover. I know it didn't happen for, at first, Andy. And I know we've, um, we usually do Lions Break before we do um, the main shows and little bits and pieces. So do you think we should uh, do Summer Struggle? Not Summer Struggle. Bloody hell. New Japan Strong now? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, New Japan Cup of america there's an american new japan cup and the winner of this is going to get a shot at the you know the american the u.s championship i i may be grumpy on this one too a little bit because i honestly did not like this at all like the show was just kind of like oh what is this that's why i wanted to do this one first and then just focus (laughs) on the four new japan uh, summer struggle shows all right we've got a problem right away with new japan strong which is New Japan Strong is the show that has replaced Lions Break Collision, everyone. So it's on uh, uh, Friday nights uh, for Americans and stuff, uh, Saturday afternoons for Aussies and different times for people. In, I don't know. Don't know all the fucking time zones. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> but uh, we got we got problems straight away, dude. And I'm like, yeah, Kevin Kelly, cool. And here is this guy named Kozlov. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know this guy. Cool. Then he opens his mouth to speak. Would Andy, do you think like it would be entertaining if I just did the podcast and just talked like this for the entire show? Oh, what a move by Ishii. Oh, wow. That is a good feud between this guy and this guy. Oh, wow. Kick. Ouch. That's too much. You're, you're giving it too much. Uh, emoting you're giving it too much there i mean there are parts in this show where that kozlov dude is literally saying oh my goodness did you see that just like that that's that's him on commentary saying wow that was quite a move that we saw there did you see that like he's falling asleep and um like I, I'm not big on commentary, to be honest with you. I'll turn it down a lot of times, and I'm not, you know, I do like it in Japan because I don't know what they're saying a lot of times, and that's really fun, uh, just because you're kind of going off their emotion more so than the words they're saying. But man, this guy took matches that were just okay and made them 
awful with this commentary. And Kevin Kelly's doing his best, but Kevin Kelly kind of sounded like, yeah, okay, you're sucking the life out of me too. Oh, geez, you know, that's kind of how he sounded too. Yikes. Dude, this Kozlov guy is like that energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you've seen that show. You have? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, um, okay commentary doesn't spoil a show. Great commentary elevates a show. A good example of that, listen to the three lads, uh, Gino, Chris, and Kevin on last year's G1, all the best of Super Juniors. They're fucking incredible, right? Uh, and they didn't always start off that incredibly because, you know, Chris is getting used to commentary and stuff too, and Gino is also also had to get used to it. But they had a great teacher. Man, I'm not sure what you can teach Kozlov because he's still got that voice, man. Like, <clears throat> some people can't do commentary, and it's not because they can't do it. It's just because their voice sucks. And uh, maybe, it, I don't know, man. He, he brought the show down for me. Big, big time. time. Big time, yeah. And and if you use your voice as a is something that you're doing for a living or something that you're doing like a podcast or whatever, your voice has to tell a story. You see how as I'm talking right now, I'm kind of pausing or maybe I'm lifting my voice up or down depending on what I'm trying to tell you. And yep. when you do that, that tells the story and allows the person listening to understand where they are in the sentence. Are they at the beginning of the sentence or at the end of the sentence, you know? And so it's just those, those tiny little voice cues that are so important. Um, he doesn't have them. And he's just like, sounds like he's, he's like took a handful of Xanax before the show. Yeah. It's like Ferris Bill's teacher and shit. Uh, so look, I don't have any opinions on the man himself. Like he could be a great guy. That's fine. But, uh, you know, his commentary sucked and that's, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm honest, man. Like I've got it. I've been, I think you've called me a couple of times on this show, but you've said, oh, you, Luke, you're just being nice and trying to find the positives here. And that's usually me this time. I'm just like, oh man, that is just like, that's just, you, 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 no, I can't handle that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that aside, we won't spend too much time with the matches. Um, the matches just felt like they stayed in either first or second gear. They didn't really kind of amp up into anything um, major, majorly killer or explosive. Part of that might be some ring rust for some of the people who haven't wrestled in a while. I don't know. It just didn't feel like they hit that holy shit gear. So we got first Carl Fredericks versus Kenta. Really like seeing Kenta again. There's no earring for Carl anymore, which is a good idea. You get you only need to get that thing knocked off your block once, and you're just like, all right, that that choice of wardrobe was a mistake. Fair enough. I thought Carl was pretty good. The problem is it's a it's a bit of a one sided match. Go to sleep. Kenta wins. The the big story coming out of this match is Kenta has long hair now. That's what's important about this match. You know, it, it's not good. I'm sorry. I love Kenta. Um, I honestly was a little bit disappointed with his return to New Japan because I was expecting more from him. Um, however, he's adopted this character where he doesn't do anything cool. And so because of that, he rarely has these kind of next level matches uh, in New Japan, which is a shame. But, you know, he needs those top level guys to push him. I think it's very clear 
to anyone who pays attention that Kenta has an attitude problem. And I could be wrong, but what I mean is, is that he's like Randy Orton. He only, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to try that hard for this. I'll try really hard when it means something to me. And that's how he seems to me. Now, I could just be getting worked, and that's the character he's trying to get over. But that's the way he's always seemed. And so, I mean, except for years ago when he was doing the, you know, Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate stuff and all that. I mean, he seemed a lot more high energy. And now he his, uh, his wrestling matches uh, Alex Kozlov's, uh, uh, you know, announcing. So, <laughs> Uh, all right, well, that's fair enough. I didn't see any of Kenta's ori- original Kenta stuff before he became like Hideo Itami, so I've got no idea what that stuff's like. Probably pretty it's, good. It's Noah, Noah, not uh, Dragon Gate 2, sorry. That's all right, yeah. And uh, so I've kind of liked his New Japan run, uh, I guess. I just maybe it's just I, I find the attitude pretty cool, and I thought it was just a really good move to put in a Bullet Club, but yeah, yeah. Uh, See, we've even stopped talking about the match already, so let's just go off to uh, <laughs> the next one, which is Jeff Cobb versus Tongaloa. Uh, an all right match, but two of the islands, and Cobb wins. I love Jeff Cobb. I think he's a really good performer. I first saw him as the monster, monster Matanza Cueto in uh, Lucha Underground, uh, and, it, and when I found out that this really tough-looking, you know, but friendly faced uh, Jeff Cobb was this like, you know, Jason Voorhees looking motherfucker in Lucha Underground. I was like, Oh wow. Really? So I really like Jeff Cobb. Tom Galoa. I like him more, I guess in the tag role than singles. But uh, even I have to admit, like after a couple hundred days without him, it, it was nice to see Tom Galoa. There you go. I said it. He's improved dramatically. When he first came into New Japan, Mm -hmm. he sucked. And, like, he's gotten so much better. So, I mean, like, when I, you know, I'm not a huge G.O.D. fan. I will complain about them in the future when they finally come back and take the titles and it's an endless title reign. But uh, because that's eventually going to happen. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. We heard a little bit about uh, Tama Tonga maybe trying to get back into a singles role. But uh, we'll see what happens. But Tonga Loa is fine. He's nothing great. Um, and Jeff Cobb as Matanza is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. That character is fantastic. The way yeah. it's booked is just incredible. Um, I've seen Jeff Cobb live once uh, in front of 20 people in like a tiny little venue in, in uh, near Louisville. And uh, it was a lot of fun to see him. He's not nearly as big, as big as he looks, which is another thing that's kind of interesting. He's kind of like Rhino, where he's like super wide, but he's only uh, like 5'9". You know? <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah. But, but uh, you know, the smaller ring again, they're in this smaller ring in this kind of blacked out arena, which makes it look like they're just wrestling in space. You know, and um, it's so drab and there's just nothing to it that it's just even when Jeff Cobb's doing his amazing athletic things – it's just kind of like, eh, all right. Can well. I just say, like, where's the Young Lions? Where's uh, Alex C? Because <laughs> his surname is over for me. Where's Alex C? Where's um, uh, Clark Connors? Clark Connors. Yeah. Like, why, why aren't some of these Young Lions uh, around the ring? There's, like, one photographer on the outside or something like that. It does seem like this whole show was filmed in a void. It, it does feel... Uh, a, a little, I, I hate to say this, a little lifeless. Yeah, you're right. 
Now, now I do get why there's not more people involved. And the reason is just because this is being America. in America where we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So, you know, it's it's uh, that's a, a kind of thing where I get that part. But, you know, it's just like you said, it's just it just feels like they're floating in space, like the end of Dark City. You know, they turn around the <laughs> city's just floating in space. That's where they're wrestling. It's just like, what the fuck is this? But oh, dude, it, it's I'm adding Dark City to my list. I've not thought of that movie in ages. Thank you very much. Fantastic movie. All right. So next match. We got Chase Owens versus David Finley. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed this one. I thought yeah. this was really good. They, they, the boys have uh, good chemistry with each other, probably because of endless tag matches together and things. And I didn't feel any ring rustiness or anything. I legit enjoyed this. And uh, I'll say, like, I know Chase Owens is on the uh, the jobbery end of Bullet Club, but I like him. He's got some pretty cool moves and uh, and rocking a dad bod the entire time. So uh, I like me some Chase Owens. He's fine, you know. David Finley, though. It's all tatted up, man. You see the new tats? I don't know how long. He's probably had them for ages, and people are just like going, Luke, like, come on, man. You don't pay attention to anything. I'm sorry I'm not a tattoo expert. When I first started watching New Japan, like, on the regular and was really paying attention, uh, him and Jay White were uh, young lions, and they were kind of in this endless feud against each other where, you know, it just seemed like every other show they opened it up with a singles match, you know, mm-hmm. and against each other. And so they had this big, long uh, feud, and, man, they got super over as young lions. And so, you know, I think David Finley is just, like, one of those, like, just solid wrestlers. He's a good wrestler. He never really has had a character to really like say, like, what is David Finley? I don't know what it is, what that character is, but I know he's a pretty good wrestler and I'm, I, I really enjoyed seeing him cause it's been a long time. Chase Owens is a similar guy though, you know, yeah. where it's kind of like, what is Chase Owens? Uh, he is him. Well, David Finley never really went on excursion, did he? Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, so he kinda he's just, always just being David Finley. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he just became a wrestler all of a sudden. I'll have to look back. I mean, it's been so long. It's been like five years ago. So it's hard to remember exactly what happened. I know when Jay White went on excursion, I saw him uh, here in Ohio at a Ring of Honor show. Cause, and that's the whole reason I went to the damn show is just to see him, um, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and Sho and Yo were on that show as well as the – uh, Tempura Boys, named uh, supposedly uh, by Liger. I guess we're talking a bit about some of these wrestlers uh, because we haven't mentioned them much on the show before because they haven't really appeared on New Japan TV because of, of you know situation. So it's kind of really nice to talk about some of these blokes that we uh, haven't gotten a chance to discuss before. So, you know, I enjoyed this one. Uh, Prim and Nocta, though, and uh, David Finley advances in the tournament. So we've had wins by Kenta, Jeff Cobb, and uh, David Finley. Main event time, we've got uh, Tamatonga versus Brody King. And uh, <clears throat> reminds me a little bit like a, a, a Lex Luger match. You know, I think you know <laughs> what I mean here. Uh, a Lex Luger match is Lex Luger getting beat up for the entire match. Finish, then he puts his finisher on, and it's over. Uh, this kind of felt a little bit like that to me. I didn't mind it, though, because you've, you've got a guy the size of Brody King 
and the, the guy decides to Tamatonga, Brody's probably going to get you know a lot more offensive and stuff. And the gun stun is that kind of finisher that you kind of you know you can just pull out, hit, and you know you've survived the match, I guess, and won. So it's it's not a horrible match, uh, but you know if you're watching something that's even halfway decent and you got someone talking like this, <laughs> you know. Part of you is like, oh, I wonder who wins this. And the other part of you is like, I can't wait for this to be over so I don't have to hear this dude talk anymore. Uh, so, you know, gun's done. And uh, Tamatonga wins. Uh, I like to say, I didn't expect to see Brody King again in New Japan. Kind of glad he came back, at least for this. Uh, if he was to come back uh, even more, I'd like to see more of him in New Japan. I think he's pretty impressive. What about you? Um, long history with Tama Tonga, watching him in New Japan. Obviously, he is one of the fastest wrestlers out there, period. Mm-hmm. And he, but he only uses that sometimes. And so it, it's amazing. He's he's kind of like Naito in that way, where he's real slow and methodic, and then all of a sudden he'll bust out this insane speed, and you're like, what? And um, he was one of the guys a couple years ago that started the trend of chasing a dude into the ropes, there's all these little trends that show up on the indies and then they work their way up to WWE and that like thing where you like shoot a guy in the ropes and then you chase him into the ropes and like you're bouncing off right after he is. He's kind of one of the guys that started that. And um, I always love to oh, see. Him I like that. that. It's great. And Brody, evil, evil does it really well. Shingo does it really well as well. Yeah. I like those kind of things. Now, Brody King is a California resident, so it makes sense that he would be, you know, in the New Japan Dojo. Um, He's pretty great, man. And I kind of feel bad for him because I feel like his role, I mean, obviously COVID has affected everyone's life. But, you know, he's also, we're not going to get into it, but he's had some people he's associated with in New Japan or one person in particular kind of get canceled. And so because of that, his role in new japan has to be reset it has to you know because if it's not then you know so this is a good way to do it but i have a feeling he may be you know have been a guy that maybe would have gotten in the g1 this year you know it's a possibility i I don't think that's going to happen now but uh and speaking of g1 we're going to get into that a little bit oh my uh, god (laughs) i'll i think we'll talk about it more when the announcement's made yes uh, in order but i I do want to mention before we move on from summer struggle that uh so struggle fuck me new japan strong that uh kenta versus carl fredericks was supposed to be a match in the actual new japan cup it probably would have finished oh. the, exactly the same way but it might have been uh you know a lot a lot better in a different environment so <clears throat> look i don't know if andy's going to keep up with the show i'm going to keep watching it because uh i i uh, i guess want to see kenta win and um, I'd be curious to see how a Kenta uh, Moxley match would go down. So he's the only guy I can imagine winning this, by the way. Like, yeah, it's, if he doesn't, then what are we doing? You know, I mean, he's he he's a top guy, and so and that's that's yeah. a big problem that New Japan has, which is a great problem to have. They have like ten top guys, you know. So because of that, they kind of you know, I mean, Kenta just was in the storyline with Naito before COVID happened. Then, you know, he had that match where he bloodied the shit out of Naito. And that is my favorite Kenta match from New Japan, for sure. That match mm. was fantastic. But then what? Now COVID happened. He's stuck over here. And so his story's kind of done. However, 
they'll bring him back when they can, and they'll do something really cool with him. And I can't wait to see how all these different um, Bullet Club leaders clash, you know? Because, I mean, there's yeah. there's Follet, too. I mean, there's all these guys that have been leaders, you know, and what are they going to do when they come back? So, yep. All right. So let's get into the meat of it. All right. So we finished last week's show. Pat on, Pat's on the back all round. Yeah, we did it. Awesome. And it was a short show. We ended to talk about one wrestling show. Oh, that's even that's that's nice, loosey goosey kind of show. You know, not half an hour or a couple of hours after we've recorded, they announce a couple of things. They announce what every Summer time, is. every yeah. time. Oh my god! So they announce what Summer Struggle is, which is yep, that uh, uh, it's, a, it's a tournament, it's a single elimination tournament for a future shot at the United States title. And then they also announced what these four Summer Struggle shows. Uh, and I'm glad they did what they did because at the end of the last show, we were just like, all right, these feuds need to kind of like, you know, they need to do something else. And, well, they're not stupid. I think they realize that too because these four shows are a mini tournament to decide who the new uh, six-man never-open champions are because Evil was like, I already got, like, the top two belts in New Japan. I don't want this stank belt. And, you know, because you can't have, like, Evil from Bullet Club and Shingo and Bushi uh, on the same team. It's just not going to work. Like, of course, you had to do something like this. A lot of people wanted, I think either you mentioned it as well, that, oh, I wouldn't mind if those titles would just, like, disappear into the ether. But it gave us this fun four-day tournament, and I enjoyed it. So I'm glad they didn't retire the titles because it gave us this fun little uh, four-day event that uh, we could kind of sink our teeth into and stuff. And it made uh, lots of tag matches a lot more interesting because of it, I I have to say. So let's do it. Summer Struggle, I'm going to call it night one of four. I know it's probably like night five or whatever, but it's night one of the shows we're covering. This was from Thursday, August 8th. Okay. Well, well, after this first night, we got to get to a Kojima tweet. So. Um, oh shit! I always do that. I know you don't care about Mr. Brad. You're just like, oh, I want to talk about wrestling. Fuck Brad. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're gonna get kicked out of the Bread Club if you're not careful. But let's let's do this first night, and then we'll get into Kojima tweet after that. Okay. All right, let's do it. Cause we got a lot of nights. We might as well break it up with some uh, Mr. Brad. So we got Yuji Nagata versus Gabriel Kidd. So uh, it's a, it's not a bad match. Some really nice uh, stiff exchanges between both men. Uh, there's something about Kid we'll mention on night two or three because that's when you mentioned it, and I was like, holy shit, you're right. Uh, but uh, cross, it, what does Nagata call this? I, I just look like a cross face to me. It's the Nagata lock, man. Nagata lock. I'm so fucking. Yeah. All right. It is the Nagata lock, but, but it does. It, it's a cross face. Like, come on. Yeah, but it's weird because, you know, he used to use the Fujiwara R-bar, and he did that silly face, and the crowd would pop yeah. you, and he hasn't done that in so Ages. long. It, it pisses me off because that's my, that's my favorite shit, you know? Yeah. And he, did, he didn't even do it in the match versus Suzuki. I was like, what are we doing? Come on, man. Do the face. It's my shit. But whatever. <laughs> it's, no, it's Yuji Nagata. Say he, the line, Bart. <laughs> he, he, he could do no wrong, though. It's, it's Yuji Nagata, so he's good. So, uh, second match, we've got Master Wato. Uh, sorry, how does, what's Master Wato's voice like, sound like? My name 
is Master Watto, and I'm from Japan. That's there where I'm go. from. <laughs> so Master Watto and uh, Hiroshi Tenzan versus uh, Yotasuji and Ryusuke Taguchi. And uh, there's some pretty great pure wrestling between uh, Taguchi and Watto in uh, this one. And this is also the first match since Watto's return where he hasn't faced someone from Suzuki-Goon. It's true. Yeah, they mixed up some stuff with some of these matches, which are more for sporting contest than any particular story reason. Um, but man, besides, yeah, there's, there's, there's a tournament happening, happening so yeah. you're going to have to put a couple of things on hold before you continue them. That's fair enough. But uh, I'll let you talk about Mr. Yoda Suji. He was on fire in this, this one. He's amazing. I mean, like, he's just getting better and better. He's added this, uh, like, flipping senton thing to his uh, his uh, repertoire. and it He's looks, really putting it all together, isn't he? It looks like it hurts really bad, which is awesome. Because, <laughs> like, with a senton, usually you kind of you land your butt on the mat, and then your back kind of hits the person, and really you don't touch them much at all but mm-hmm. he's just doing a flip and landing full on on people's like chest or stomach it's like yeah fuck him up i love suji he's just rocking it man i i you know i i'm ready i'm ready for him to like make the next step or have a feud with uh with an old guy so that he can kind of get his first win and move on yep so i, I would oh we'll also mention that it was a nice uh suplex on Tenzan by Taguchi, which is yeah. pretty good because Tenzan's a, a big dude. So uh, that was really cool. But we got the RPP on Suji and Wato picks up the win. So what's the RPP stand for again, Master Wato? You don't know now, but uh, I know. And I'll tell you when the time is right. <laughs> <laughs> and like a gunshot just went off outside my place as soon as I said that. So hopefully oh, that's awesome. Hopefully that made the the recording. That was that was nice. I didn't hear it, so um, I'm hoping that was a car backfiring. Please, please. Um, I, I live kind of near where Master Watto like is from, but not in Japan, but like America, like this kind of. Oh, right. So people be shooting guns around here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't know how to respond to that. So, you know, I hear a sound like that in Australia. It's a car backfiring. Like if it isn't, then like hold. Really? Oh, wow. Because they're pretty rare out, out down here. But uh, no one cares about it, us talking about that kind of shit. No. Let's go Let's go to match three, which is uh, Satoshi Kojima, Tomoaki Homa, and Togi Makabe versus Yoshihashi, Goto, and Ishii. And I thought this match was loads of fun. It's like five big studs and Yoshihashi. Uh you know, he's got more of a lean physique. All the other men are quite big, big dudes. Was it? Was this part of the tournament or not? No. Okay. So this was no. a practice match. I got you. Yeah, because Kojima's not in Honma and Makabe's match. Ah, yes. team. Okay. It's uh, right. someone else who I can't remember. And we'll, I will remember when I go down in my notes. And I'm not going to do that yet. <laughs> so I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I did Lightly tease Yoshihashi, but I thought these six men clicked together really well, which is probably no surprise because uh, they've tagged against each other and with each other quite a bit, even from when I started watching New Japan. So, yeah, and uh, I thought Kojima would get pinned. Uh, Andy, you thought Honma would get pinned. 
We were both wrong. It, uh, I thought Kojima because he wasn't in the tag tournament. Uh, you thought Honma because he's probably the most pinnable of the three. Honma. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were both wrong. <laughs> Roki Goto pins Togi Makabe with uh, the, well, it says here on the New Japan website, the Goto Nishiki. So there you go. There was a surprise for us, a surprise finish to that match. I kind of I kind of enjoyed that one. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's great to see these guys. They're all great wrestlers. They all wrestle the New Japan style, and that's what they do. So, you know, um, one of the match recommendations for this week we'll talk about is just like a, a fucking great New Japan style match, you know, and it's like there's not much to say about it. It's just great, you know. It's like, I don't know. This is kind of what like, this is. It's just a it, good it, match, it, you know. It's textbook, right? Yes. Like that the match we'll talk about in the future. And this is kind of textbook, too, and textbook and when the textbook is really good you don't mind even they follow the textbook so yeah. well, as long as alex kozlov isn't reading the textbook to you it's going to be much better so just saying dude i know you like to put a little bit of commentary like after the theme and before i do the intro please yes. don't put any kozlov in there man. <laughs> we want people to actually listen to our show and not be like Oh, that was a good move. Did you see that? <laughs> and I'm like, hello, everyone, and welcome. <laughs> I maybe, I, maybe I could stick that at the end or something. But uh, but I've already put um, got that set up. And we're in the, the commentary you've already heard at the beginning of the show is actually the Japanese commentary call of uh, the last match that we'll talk about today from the uh, uh, summer struggles. So. Nice. All right. So, so let's get right into it. There's one... Uh, I think around about here they have a break, and then uh, we come back and we've got uh, Yuya Uramura and the Golden Ace. The Golden Ace is the tag team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, and they're fighting uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and the Dangerous Techers, which is uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi from Suzuki Goon. So uh, Jesus Christ, they love beating up Tanahashi. <laughs> they love it. There's been a bit of a mini story throughout. Uh, these summer struggle shows between uh, the Golden Ace and Suzuki Goon, and also between Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi himself. So uh, I like uh, I like that Yurimura, like Tanahashi's getting beat up. Yurimura is like jumps in the ring and it's like, come on, come on, make it to the corner. And I really like that kind of save. But Tana gets his ass beat a lot. Whoa. It's so, I just find it to be so funny because he, I mean, there are points in this match and the match on the next night where he's just laying there, he's just playing dead and will not move. It's just mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do? He's fucking dead because they won't stop breaking his legs and like he can't move. You need legs to walk around, you yeah. know? So, um, you, 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 Amora, though. I mean, dude, this guy's coming along too. My God, he is like, his timing is starting to get perfect and he's starting to show a lot of fire, not too much fire. Like some people we're going to talk about, but, uh, man, he's starting to become another one of the guys that I like watching. Um, you know, obviously, the one thing, too, that we, we haven't talked about much is that Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, like, that's kind of like a rivalry in New Japan where Tana, yeah. or, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. kind of has Tanahashi's number. So whenever they face off, you'll see 
Zack Sabre smiling and he's like, I fucking got you, you know, because he's one of the only guys that, you know, can just that has made Tanahashi tap out, period. One so, of my first matches uh, that I remember seeing Tanahashi in uh, was my first G1, the G127, was between Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi. And all I'd heard about Tana was New Japan's John Cena, New Japan's John Cena. I'm like, well, New Japan's John Cena never, uh, John Cena never fucking taps out, and Zack Saber Jr. made uh, Tanahashi tap in that match. So, I I didn't realize what a big deal it was at the time. Over time, of course, yeah, fucking huge deal because Zack was pretty new in New Japan at the time too, and they really needed to establish him. And I think a big win over the Ace was definitely the way to go there. What, so one yeah. Day. Yeah, one day we'll go back and we'll recommend some of those matches because that was when talking Hell Mid- yeah. was was uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s hype man and he just do this mm-hmm. every time. It's fucking awesome. I loved it. So uh, yeah. good shit there. Eventually we got a deep impact by Kanemaru on, of course, Yuya Uramura and Kanemaru picks up the win. But then after the match, uh, we got... Uh, an interesting little tease. The Dangerous Techers, they hold up Tanahashi for Ibushi to strike. But uh, on this night, he just leaves the ring and walks out. There's a nice kind of uh, shot of Ibushi leaving and then Tana kind of laying. Oh, the, the cameramen just capture these perfect shots all, all the time in New Japan and you're just like, oh, wow. So they're setting up, not only, in my opinion, they're setting up a, of course, a Dangerous Techers Golden Ace rematch, but they're planting seeds that might not come to fruition for a while. But, uh, you know, I think you said on Twitter that if they're doing anything with Koto Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, well, that's a Wrestle Kingdom match right there. So, So you plant the seeds for that and then you slow build it. And, yeah, I'm... Pretty happy with how that's going. Good match. Uh, yeah. So you ready for our first tournament match of, yeah, man. of the series? It is Sho Toriyanu and Kazuchika Okada versus Jado, Gato, and Yujiro Takahashi. And I kind of didn't expect much with this match, but man, Yano makes it so much fun. He he always. You know, if you if if you're having matchups that feel a bit stale, I, I guess the, the, if you, if it's a chaos feud, you chuck Toriyano into the mix, and you've got something that you like. Oh God, Okada and Pimp Juice again. Oh. but then, you know, you've got uh, Yano in the mix, so it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a show has it puts a brutal arm lock on Jado there, and uh, you know. Okada, Yano, and Sho advance to the semifinals. After the match, Okada gets on the mic and, and starts going, hey, Yujiro, let's do something for King of Pro Wrestling. And I'm saying, no, please don't. Uh, but, uh, and no offense to Okada, but definitely no offense to Okada. Like, I want to see him wrestle <laughs> someone else. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you can't, even if you're not a massive Okada fan, you can't watch him wrestle and then think to yourself, this guy's shit house. He's, he's incredible. 
Uh, Yujiro, yeah, he sucks. But uh, Okada calls for a handicap match with this, uh, you know, that trademark cocky smirk that Okada has because, you know, it's probably going to be like Jada or Gator or something. And then uh, Yujiro's like, well, how about a lumberjack match with belts? Um, and I'm like, dude, just hit him with a rainmaker straight away and pin him. Done. Move on. But uh, yeah, that was that match. Uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, or we should just uh, move on to the main event. Well, it could be fun. I mean, you know, we get some more leather strap action later on yeah. in this uh, in this series of shows, and I, you know, I remember one of those matches uh, on Lucha Underground on uh, on the first season at, at Ultimo Lucha. I think it was it was Hernandez, and I can't remember who he was up against, but it was a, a, a strap match, you know, type thing where it's the it's the people around the ring that have straps, and they they let fans do that. <laughs> And they just went to town on these guys with the straps. So (laughs) it'll be interesting to see who gets to wield the straps. You know, I'm I'm very interested to see that at least. Yeah. Well, that's if we get the lumberjack match with belts, we might get the handicap match instead. Uh, That's true because it's up to our votes, right? Yeah. So next we got our main event, which I loved. It made me feel so happy. Uh, I think this is this one. Um, I look at the match. Like, I, I messaged you straight away. And I was like, dude, Shingo's on one side and Suzuki's on the other. Will Shingo get pinned? And there'll be a, you know, a, a never shot happening. No, that, that some half of what I just said happens. And, uh, dude, let's just get into it. Like, even though, and so it's weird too because Dowkey's in this match, and I was just like, even though Dowkey's in this match, oh, Shingo might get pinned here by Suzuki setting up a feud, right? It's true. But no, uh, Sonata hits the cold skull on Dowkey. Skull end. Oh, fuck. I wrote it as cold skull in my notes, thinking, I got it right. I wrote it right. No, it's skull end. Oh, it's the oh, end of the match. Yeah. Skull yeah. ends. So there skull you go. End. But it's not over. There's some altercations during the match between Suzuki and Shingo. In fact, Suzuki starts giving him the fucking stank eye, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is happening. This is happening. Uh, Suzuki is one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, and uh, you heard me for seven episodes now bang on about how much I like Shingo. So, dream match. They've never had a singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if they've had one elsewhere. So, I've never seen that. It's going to make me really happy. That's night one. Uh, Anything you wanted to add with that uh, final match, or should we uh, get on to some... Bread tweets. Yes, I remembered. Well, I'm uh, first of all, I'm happy that you're happy, and I'm happy that Shingo has uh, 
you know, first of all, I'm happy he's getting so much attention, you know, because it, he has ever since he's come into New Japan. He's been one of the, you know, top of the mid card or top guys in his division. So, you know, I'm really happy about that part. And I'm happy that he's going to face uh, Suzuki. That match will be fantastic. You know, they're very similar wrestlers in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, it'll be great. I'm I'm. I'm excited for that. I was scared that he was going to get another job or opponent like Desperado. No offense to Desperado, but we all knew who was going to win that match. So, uh, so uh, the thing about the never open title is the record for defenses has been four and three wrestlers have made it to four defenses. Minaro Suzuki is one of those uh, three men who have done that. No one's had five successful defenses. Shingo's at three. Uh, I think if you want to uh, hit, make him hit the record or beat it, you can't. You, no offense to. Uh, I liked the El Desperado match. I thought it was great, but you need someone a little higher echelon than uh, than El Desperado, and Suzuki's perfect for that. So if Shingo wins, can he do it the fifth time? Like, ah, uh, the story's. Really cool. I really like it. Oh, well, it's never as fuck, too. Yeah. It's, it's it doesn't get more never than this. You know what I mean? This is this is some yep. never shit right here. So, so, it's so great. So far, Shingo is the seventh longest has the seventh longest reign as Never Champ, and that's with only holding the belt once. Suzuki's only ever held the belt once, and he had the fifth longest reign. In total, out of all, everyone's combined reigns, Suzuki's one reign was like the fifth longest. So, yeah, I might have to. I'm pretty sure he was a never champ around the time I've started wrestling, watching New Japan. But the thing about the the never open title is it bounces around because holding on to that title is tough business because those matches are fucking grueling. They're short, shorter than like the long style heavyweight title matches, but I feel like between heavyweight title matches, there's probably two or three never open weight title matches, you know? So I yeah. feel like it's defended a little more than the uh, the heavyweight title. And that's fine because it's your top belt and you want to build it up longer. That's that's all good. So summer struggle, uh, August the 9th. And we're starting off with... What, what are you doing? Oh, Come my on. God. Oh my God, wheeze! I mean, do you? Should we apologize to Kojima? I mean, you know, I, I just, I just want to read one of his tweets. It's not even that big of a deal. It's not even that great of a tweet, and we build it up. I don't even think it's going to be that. That's not going to hit that well. But, uh, but let's do it. Let's get out of the yeah. way. So you can, you can move it out of your mind where, where it was a second ago. And uh, we got a, a tweet from Kojima this week, as usual. And five um, minutes ago, I'm like, yes, I remembered. <laughs> Five minutes later. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> like Suzuki Shingo. <laughs> got you thinking about other stuff. So, um, yeah. well, so this week, you know, Kojima was talking a lot about, you know, the, the different all these days in a row that they got going on. And here he has one here. It's a very nice uh, tweet. And it says, uh, Kurgan tournament ends. I fought with Makabe, Makabe and Hanma in a team that I formed. The relationship between Makabe and the book is different from just a tag team. When Hanma was seriously injured, 
Maccabe didn't look for another partner and kept waiting. That's why this team is beautiful. I will do my best. Thank you for watching us. All right. Not only is that adorable, but Maccabe is adorable too. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. And Maccabe didn't need another partner. He's a he's a credible singles competitor, so he could always just uh, hang out in singles or six man tags until Honma come back, and that's what happened. Yeah, very nice. Uh, now, are we on the eighth or are we on the ninth here? Because I think we're on the eighth, right? Well, was the first show on the seventh? The first show was the sixth, according to what I'm seeing here. But I, I don't know. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. About? I could be wrong here. Yeah, the first yeah, show Thursday, was- August sixth. I said August eighth. Like what the fuck, man? Yeah. All uh, right. Right. First night Thursday, August sixth, twenty twenty. Second night. Uh, Friday, uh, August seventh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. We got another Yuji Nagata Young Lion opening match, and this one is. I, I said when this match happened, I was like, all right. So he's had Gabriel Kidd and Yuya Uramura. Maybe night three, he'll uh, wrestle um, Yoda Suji, and that's not what happened. So they they. Do mix it up and keep you on your toes. But uh, Nagata, Yuji Nagata versus Yuya Uramura. Oh, there's a nice double underhook suplex by Uramura. Fuck, it looks really nice. He's putting it all together. And uh, I can't wait to see how he progresses in the future. He's great. But uh, same finish as the previous night. Nagata luck. Yes, I said that right. Not crossface. It does look like a crossface. Come on. And uh, Yuji Nagata picks up the win there. All right. So uh, let's get down to match two. If you want to interject, you just tell me to shut up. But I'm going to move on to match two. We got a lot of matches to cover. And it's look, it's a nice singles match against uh, an old timer and a young timer. Yep, that's a term now. <laughs> uh, it's what you expect. You know, really good back and forth. Yeah, Yuramura shows what he's got. And I really, I, I like the show. In this match, once it got going, yeah. the ending was really cool, and then I was like wanting more. So I thought yeah. they did a good job with this one. All right, so second match we've got uh, Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan, Ten Cozy themselves versus uh, Gabriel Kidd and Yota Suji. And I thought it was pretty decent, hard hitting stuff, like the two young lions trying to show how kind of never they are you know, because they, they, they're just going for it. Do like the, uh, this one spot where they got Kojima in the corner and uh, Yoda Suji and Gabriel Kidd. You know how like Satoshi Kojima gets uh, some dude in the corner and he doesn't just chop you. He does like the cozy chops, you know, like rap, rap, yeah, yeah, rapid fire machine gun chops. Well, both the young lions have Kojima in the corner <laughs> and they're, both doing machine gun chops on his chest. I thought that was pretty damn cool. But uh, if you're a young lion and Kojima's in the match, it's the it's a baguette of death lariat. And that's how it ends on uh, Yota Suji. So that was look, I this this match impressed me more than I thought it was like. You, you know the Young Lion matches, yeah, they're always going to end, and sometimes it's easy to kind of, you know, just take it easy and just, you know, 
not not pay as much attention as you as you would uh, matches with you know, all the main stars and stuff. But uh, you'd be doing a disservice because uh, they were great. Hey, listen, Ten Cozy is a legendary tag team, yeah. and if you and your buddy from the dojo can take them to nine minutes in a match, uh, that's a success on your end. Um, but this is where we discover that uh, Gabriel Kidd needs to shut the fuck up a little bit because, good Lord, he is just screaming. Like, he does more screaming than he does anything. And it's like, I get it. A war cry is one thing, but, like, he's – I mean, is he, like, walking to the store screaming in people's faces? I mean, like, what is he – what's his life like screaming all the time? I just feel – like he's uh, it's it's overcompensating and it comes off as insecure when you scream that much. Just my opinion. Yeah, um, you don't need to be that loud to show fire. Uh, you can do it. You can do just as much like with your your body language and shit like that. You don't need to kind of scream every time. But hey, he is a young lion. He's there to learn, and hopefully one of the old timers will. Take him around the back and tell him, "Oi, shut the fuck up." <laughs> hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, for Gabriel Kidd's sake, it's not uh, Minaro Suzuki. <laughs> I'm sure he's had a conversation like that with Suzuki in the past. So yeah. he just, you know, he just didn't learn. You know, it's like I'm, I'm sure Suzuki likes it when they don't learn too. Suzuki what do you, a, what do you, what do you tell a young lion with two black eyes? <laughs> nothing. You've already told him twice. There you go. See, I. Uh, yeah, that's a really good mix, good remix on a really, really bad joke. So, <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, world. There you go. I like that. We can put it on to Young Lions now because the alternative is just is, is not good. <laughs> All right. We've got our third match here, and it's Sho, Yano, and Okada versus the now eliminated team of Dauki, El Desperado, and Minaro Suzuki. And Suzuki's more than happy to beat down Okada, and especially Yano. Uh, he's got a big grin on his face beating up beating up Okada. You know, everyone's golden boy. He's having fun. But he he gets the fucking serious murder eyes looking at Toriyano. <laughs> there's a history, be- like there's a history, yeah. there's a really good history between Okada and Suzuki as well, but that's that's like a intense like wrestling rivalry, right? No, no, no. Suzuki fucking hates Toriyanu. I think you can probably say a little bit more about that history than I can, but uh, I'm. What is it more about? Like uh, Suzuki's thinking, I'm gonna whoop this guy's ass, nut punch, roll up. Well, they they've had a lot of. Um history in the g1 and and yano's beat suzuki so i mean it, you know that is something that suzuki will never forgive and it wasn't because he was a better wrestler than it's because he punched him in the dick and rolled right. him up well it's because i think in one of their matches uh yano tapes suzuki to the barricade and like and like i think suzuki has to like carry the barricade to the ring apron. He gets counted out, I think. I'm not sure. I have to go back and watch that. Uh, that's a fantastic match. That's so funny. Um, and uh, it, it's just good stuff. And and so these guys hate each other. for Well, although I don't think Yano hates anybody. 
you know, he's just happy to be there. He's just a good dude. And and just real quick about Yano, about how awesome of a character he is. If he mm-hmm. was a character in, in an American company, he'd be a fucking jobber. He'd never win. And so his character wouldn't work. You know, he yeah. just comedy good guy that gets his ass whooped like no way Jose or something like that, you know. And so the fact that he can win any match he's in. Wild that, card, baby. That adds all, yeah, exactly. It adds a whole depth to him that makes him a legitimate contender, no matter who he's facing, even Minoru Suzuki. Yep. Oh yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen him beat, like, we've both seen him. He's beaten some big names, and it's never a surprise, but it's always surprising if that makes sense. It's you know because it's the Toriano effect, I guess. You'd have to say there. Uh, but the uh, match ends with uh, Show putting an armbar on Dowkey for the win. But uh, I will also say, a couple people have even mentioned this on Twitter, and uh, I saw some of this too. Wow. Dowkey got some moves. Dowkey was slick. He was smooth. Uh, he was actually all round fucking fantastic. You know, so he might have been brought in to New Japan to do a job, which is, well, jobbing. But uh, if they ever want to heat Dalkey up uh, for a junior tournament or junior tag league or, you know, something like that, they can easily heat him up. Uh, He's got the moves and he's a piece of shit character. That's his character. I don't know what he's like in real life, but his character, he's he's a... He's in Suzuki Gun. He's a piece of shit, of course. So if they ever want to warm him up, uh, I, I can see it. You might not want to wait too long because, like, every time I see him in a match, I'm just like, well, he might as well be the young lion in this match. But yeah. Well, this show in general had a lot of that, where it's just like guys were just. I don't know why, but this show in particular, um, all the guys were just fucking rocking it out. You know, everybody was on their A game this night, and uh, it just, I think it was my favorite show of the whole week, just because every match was just fun and different, and like, I don't know, in ways that's hard to describe. You just kind of got to yeah. watch it, and you go, oh, okay, I feel, I feel something different about this show uh, than the other ones. Everyone was just a little extra switched on, and that brings us to Something I want to mention in this match, which is uh, Bushi, Sonata, and Takagi Shingo, and Tetsuya Naito versus uh, Gato, Taiji Ishimori, Dick Togo, and Evil. Yeah. Uh, one, one funny thing I like about this match is the turnbuckle pad is taken off and the Bullet Club keeps throwing Bushi into it. <laughs> uh, if uh, Dick Togo was suitably unimpressive in his first few matches in New Japan, well... Worry no longer. Uh, the rust must have uh, come off because I thought Dick Togo was really good in this match too, which is uh, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, so if if Dowkey was like this surprising shine on the previous match, uh, I don't know much about Dick Togo. I've probably seen him here and there and other things, but, you know, my memory's not that great. But Dick Togo was really freaking good in this match and look there's so many great moves and combos in this match not just from the uh uh lij side which you expect that from them because they're the most well-oiled machine in new japan 
But uh, from the Bullet Club side too, I thought it was really good stuff. I'd love Evil's release German Suplex. And you know what's funny, Andy? Above, I can see it on my notes right now, above in night one, I wrote Sonata, Code Cold Skull Dowky. And then down here, I've got Skull End on Gato. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you figured it out. You know, it's a couple days, but you figured it out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was a fucking awesome match. Yeah, I highly recommend this one. It was also the return of Evil and Naito. They hadn't been, you know, they've been gone for a couple days or whatever, too. So, uh, you know, having those guys on the card, period, kind of, you know, makes the card better. Uh, you know, and they, they were going at each other too and i mean it's it's clear that this rivalry is uh is very personal and uh man i just i might go back and watch this night again because i thought it was so fun i just loved it just onto that it, it always makes the show more elevated when you've got the champion on it no matter who the main champion is he's the he's the dude he's the he's carrying the company whether whether you like that wrestler or not like that's that's his role right so I um, might annoy many listeners here, but I did not like Kenny Omega's run as the heavyweight champion of New Japan because it felt like he was hardly ever there. And uh, every other champion I'd seen in New Japan, which hadn't been many because I can't have it for a while, <laughs> Okada, always, always on. I mean, yeah, uh, that's true. Naito, always on. Switchblade, always there. Evil. Always there. And look, we say always, there's going to be a couple of nights here and there they're not on because they want to highlight a tournament match or um, everyone's everyone in factions are busy in important matches or stories doing something else. So you can't always have your main guy there, but he's never the main, your main champion should never be away for too long. And that's how I felt about Kenny Omega's reign. I, I was happy when he beat finally beat Okada, but man, he had one of the most he's probably had one of the most unforgettable reigns that I can think of. Um, so you mean forgettable, right? Is that what you mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah. One of the most forgettable reigns. Uh, well, he, he's the classic, you know, you hear this trope or this saying in pro wrestling that the money is in the chase. And uh, he's a classic example of that. It's like once the chase was over for Kenny Omega, there was nothing left for him to do. And so, you know, he had a couple good defenses or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I, but it was all in the chase. That's where the excitement was, you know. Even even before I, I knew about all this um, AEW stuff, I kind of had it in my head that, yeah, Tanner's winning. And I was still surprised because it's still a title change in, a, in for the heavyweight title and they're not common but uh, I was also not surprised like I'd been I'd had just had a feeling uh, but that's neither here nor there but you, you're right having your champion and the, the man your champion is feuding with on the shows definitely elevates the card uh, 100% so uh, by the way I love Kenny Omega so oh yeah Anyone He's, who thinks thinks uh, I don't like, he might not be like I I think he's awesome, and I might not list him in my my top five wrestlers or anything like that. But like Okada, I wouldn't put him in my top five either. But you can't watch their matches together or separately 
and think either man sucks. They're fucking incredible. One day, one day, Luke, when there's breaks, we've already discussed this a little bit, how in the future when there's breaks like there is coming up, uh, you know, which we'll talk about when we're previewing shows, we're going to start kind of doing episodes that kind of are on specific subjects. And so one of these days we'll do an episode on the Kenny Omega versus Okada feud because it's some of the best wrestling that's ever happened. And, you know, and you can't take that away from them, no matter what happens, no matter how much he's, you know, uh, a guy on AEW or whatever they do with him him here in America, you can't take that away. This shit was amazing. And and, uh, I would love to talk about it for like seven hours. So, yep. Uh, And it will mean watching at least four singles matches that took place over the span of two years. Each are about an hour long minimum. And all of them uh, are fucking incredible. Actually, before I jumped in whole hog to watch New Japan with the G127, um, my wife and I actually got our hands on their previous match just to dip our toes in and to see, you know, hey, what's 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 it all this all about? And didn't know anything about the story at the time. It wasn't their first match against each other. Uh, but by the end of that match, we are just like, Wow, well, that was fucking awesome. And then I was like, oh, well, let's try this G1 stuff out, and the rest is history. So there you go. Uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada are a big reason why I'm right here with you right now. All right, so uh, let's go to our first tournament match. I do believe I said Skull End on Gato for the previous one, yep, because I did make a point of saying it right, yep. So we've got our first tournament match of the, well, tournament. (laughs) Reisuke Dukuchi, Tomowaki Homa, and Togi Makabe versus Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. I like that uh, Honma calls out Ishii right at the start uh, because uh, that might be more nostalgia vibes for you, Andy, because uh, I think... You were watching them as they happened, those matches, I think. Or you went back and you've watched them a whole bunch of times, that that feud. But uh, I've only seen that one match, and even that was enough to make me go, oh, Homer's calling that issue. That's really cool. Uh, And then then, uh, I also said, if Ishii and Goto can't get gold on Yoshihashi, no one can. (laughs) That's fair. So... (laughs) Uh, Taguchi at one point is uh, doing the coach thing you know get that guy in the corner let's do this and I I just love Makabe's response to this which is just okay okay (laughs) he likes to (laughs) yell in English Makabe when he's uh, wrestling he talks in English a lot and he'll just walk up to a guy and go motherfucker like that at him which is always awesome you know but he he always speaks English in the ring for whatever reason and he says okay okay it's great he is a lovable grump. You look at his face, and it just looks like the face of a grumpy man who wants to beat you up and can. <laughs> so, so it's a it's a it's a pretty good match. I liked it, but I don't like the finish, and it's not because Yoshihashi wins. I don't mind that he wins with my least favorite submission hold. The Butterfly Lock, which he puts on uh, Tomowaki Honma. So, 
yeah, a lot of fun with this. A lot of fun with Taguchi. Makabe's a wonderful grump. But uh, no offense to those three men. I uh, I kind of thought that uh, that uh, Yoshi Goto and Ishii would pull this one out. It's another really good one where they're just kind of doing a little more than they did the night before, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and it, I don't know. It, and plus we got GBH with Taguchi. So, you know, these uh, Hanma and, and Makabe are their team just like Tenkozy and have been around for a long time. So, you know, defeating them plus Taguchi is a, another kind of feather in the cap of this other team, even if that feather is a butterfly wing. Yes. <laughs> Look, I, I have no issue with Yoshihashi winning matches, but... Look, the guy's got to win sometimes, man. I, we'll get into this later. Does he, does I, just, I, I mean, just get rid of that butterfly look. Please. Please. It looks like a rest hold. You know, it looks like it looks like a, a move that you do so both you and your opponent can have a bit of a rest. And no, it's a finishing submission. No, it's it's not good. It's no good. I'm sorry. I hate it. It's fucking shit house. All right, here we go. We got uh, Master Wato and the Golden Ace, which is uh, of course Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru and the Dangerous Tekkers. And the Tana torture continues. Yes. Man, they they torture him. Uh, the Ibushi tease kind of continues here too. Uh, this is the first time I've noticed it. They've probably done it a few times, but I do like the Golden Sling Blade. Uh, that's a nice friggin' move. But uh, this is a finish that probably had to happen in order for the feud to advance between uh, Tekkers and uh, Golden Ace. And that's uh, a roll-up and Tanahashi pins Tai Chi. This match is awesome. Master yeah. Wado's doing all kinds of Master Wado shit. Um, yep. and, and this is the match where Ibushi re, you know, regained his belief in Tanahashi and they were working more as a team and that, you know, Tanahashi actually was standing for most of this match, which is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, they, they beat him up a little bit, but he wasn't playing dead for five minutes at a time. Thank goodness. So, um, this is a much more entertaining match than the other two that they had had coming up, but man, it's a lot of fun and it was a lot of fun to see master Wado doing his shit, man. Yep, and by the way, uh, I'm pretty sure, because it's been happening every time, when Master Wato comes out for his matches, uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan also comes out yes. uh, as um, as um, support. So I really like that they're continuing that. Their styles are really different and their personalities are really different. But for some reason, I kind of I, I like it. I don't know. Just It feels like they've put, some, uh, put a big name with him. Uh, because, you know, they got a bit of faith in this Wato guy. He's, he, he shows a lot of promise. I don't think I don't think we've seen everything he can do either and what I've seen that he can do. Well, how much how much percent of Master Wato have we seen? I mean, I don't know, maybe half. I don't know. We're, we don't know. It, it, we won't know until we see what all else he can do. I mean, we've only seen one singles match with him. I kind of want to see him in a tournament here. Oh, oh man, right. I, I was hoping you put the Southern accent on again and go, oh, about, about 60%. How, how, how did that go? Is that all right? 
I mean, that was out of control. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, you didn't ask Master Water. You asked me. Oh, you know, shit. That's true. Dandy, so if you want to ask Master Water, you have to ask him a question, and he'll be happy. Uh, the moment's passed. Too late now. So that's a pretty good match. I think they also tease another join the dark side to Kota Ibushi, and Ibushi's just like, hell no. I'm sticking with Tanahashi. So big pop there, or big clap pop, because, you know, the crowd's not allowed to make loud noises, oh, but they, they clap yeah. the shit out of it. Don't you worry. We got to talk about that stupid app here coming up too, man. Oh, oh yeah. God, that was oh, that's uh, that's a night four thing, I think. That's when I found out about it. So we'll do it then. Uh, and look, that was the end of night two. Uh, really solid action-packed shit. Uh, and we're going to go straight into what what's the, what's the date here for this one? Uh, get dates or shit. Oh, August eighth. There we go. I've got August eighth on the brain. But yeah, you go. August eighth on the Saturday. It's the third show in a row. And we start off with a young line match, but there's no, there is no Nuji Nagata to be seen. Instead, it's Yuya Uramura versus Taichi Ishimori. I'm going to throw to Andy to talk about this match a little bit because I did miss the start. Uh, Andy did leave me off the hook. Uh, my wife and I th- thought we had a bit of time, and I put on the uh, Masahiro Chono versus uh, Kenji Mudo match that uh, Andy recommended for homework. Uh, and I see the time. Oh, shit, it's 7.30. But something happened watching this match. And it happens quite a bit, but usually if one of Charity's favorite wrestlers is on, like, she'll look up at this young line match because... Uh, Oh, Ishimori's in it. Or Golden Ace is out. Oh, oh it's Kodo Bushi time. And she'll pop her head, stick her head up from uh, her laptop or whatever and she'll go, yay. But uh, something happened. Like, we start watching the match and she's getting into it, pretty invested. It's a, I'll, And I'll talk about what we thought of the match uh, at the end of the show. But we got into it to the point where I was just like pausing this and coming back to it after finishing the show. doesn't feel right. We had to finish the match. So, yeah, I'm sorry, faithful listeners. I missed the first few minutes of Yuya Uramura and Taiji Shimori. So I'm going to throw to Mr. Andy, and uh, you can talk about this one. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You know, it, was, it wasn't uh... – Nearly as good as Masahiro Chono versus Keiji Muda, Muda, that's for sure. But uh, it's fine. I mean, this is Ishimori being, you know, an asshole and beating up a young lion and the young lion trying to show resilience and stuff and doing that without screaming 500 times. So, you know, I think Yuyamura or Yuya Yuyamura, I don't know how to say his name, him, um, he's uh, he's going to be a pretty good junior i mean like to me that's kind of where he's at and um once he gets the strikes down that's like the one thing that i when i see his strikes they don't look that great you know um and i think part of that's people don't sell them as much when you're a young lion as with 
you're a main dude, but at the same time, they just don't really quite connect like they should. And so once he gets that down, I think he's kind of got everything um, and ready to do what's whatever's next. But that's the thing. These, uh, these young lions can stay in this position for another year sometimes. I mean, maybe longer, maybe shorter. We don't know. And so that's the fun thing about them is the more you get to learn about them now, the more when they come back dressed in blue – um, you know, and doing flippy flops uh, in, in the woods, then you're like, oh, okay, I remember this guy, you know, so. Um, I, I thought Shooter Umino, I call him Shooter, thanks, Moxley. I thought uh, Umino was ready for ages. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, just let him go already. Shit, I'm ready. We're all ready for him to leave so we can hurry up and come back. Just do it. Where's Ren Narita, you know? Where's uh, yeah. where's yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young lions that are that you you know if you're just now starting New Japan that you've never seen before. They're just kind of out there somewhere, and one day they'll show up, or yep. you know maybe they'll be uh, Master Ren. I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. The fun novelty of watching some of these older matches is actually seeing young lions, and they're like, oh shit, that's you know that's such and such, and that's such and such. Look, Long I did ring, uh, yeah, yeah, I did see the last couple of minutes of this match and good thing too because i don't know how uh, my wife would have responded to completely missing ishimori but uh there it is uh i think it's a yes lock victory you was bleeding i did notice as well in the mouth uh so you know there we go that's is what it is i did watch everything else all right everything else no one's given it luke all right all right all right, cool. All right, so we got uh, our second match. We've got uh, Gabriel Kidd and Yoda Suji versus Gato and Yujiro Takahashi. Cheating, Jado Kane, Young Lions look great, especially Yoda Suji, in my opinion. Pimp Juice on Kid. I don't know, not much to say. We'll see here. Uh, I'm ready to go to the next match. What about you? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, only thing to say here is that. It really shows the stoic nature of Yoda Suji versus the out of control, I'm screaming constantly, uh, uh, nature of Gabriel Kidd, which it kind of highlights that even more. So, you know, I don't know. It just made me like Suji more. Agreed. And uh, we got our third match now, which is Yuji Nagata and GBH. And uh, I don't know why I abbreviated in the GBH down here, not earlier, but GBH is... Togi Makabe and Tomowaki Honma, and they're versing the Dangerous Techers team of ZSJ and Taichi and Yoshinabu Kanemaru. And it's a fun match as well. Uh, but poor Honma, he, he taps out to Taichi. Uh, what did Taichi have on him? It says some kind of crazy name here I can't pronounce. I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of... I don't know. I remember him tapping out, and he was kind of behind him, but I can't remember what the move was. Um, the Saitai Jujiro. Yeah, sure. Um, all I know is that Taichi is one I of the... I butchered the fuck out of that. He's the greatest singer of all time. And, um, you know, he's the one who came up with the whole thing where you, you know, you uh, have a microphone stand, but you're just using the top part. And Freddie Mercury stole that from Tai Chi. I don't know if you knew that. It's true. (laughs) Look, um, I appreciate they're playing, they're they're pushing Tai Chi 
they're warming him up really nice. Uh, but can we can we hear ZSJ theme at least once? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I don't even think Taichi took his pants off in this one either. I think there's mm-mm. a couple here where he's showing disrespect to these people by you know uh leaving on his pants leaving his pants on you don't get to see those thighs you don't get to see him those take up take those couple steps he takes i like how he kind of runs in place when he tears the pants off it's kind of funny and uh he but we don't get to see that because fuck us and fuck all the people that he's wrestling damn straight oh you want to see me take my pants off fuck you yeah pretty much (laughs) so we've got cleaning here and cleaning usually does not make me happy. Cleaning made me happy this time. Yeah. Because it happens. My favorite tournament in wrestling, my favorite event in wrestling is the G1. And here it is. They don't announce any wrestlers or anything like that. It's way too early. You're not going to announce any of that shit until after Jingo Stadium because... Um, why would you? you, They don't want us looking past Jingu Stadium and go, oh, cool, G1 time. Let's just wait for the G1. No, they want want you to strap in and watch what they've got coming up in the short term. So we don't get any of the wrestlers, but we get a lot of the dates. Uh, It starts at September 19th, ends in October. 19 shows in a month. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And and the, it's called the G1 Climax. And it's a round-robin, grueling heavyweight tournament that happens very quickly. So in 19 days, two blocks with like eight or ten wrestlers, and then we'll all wrestle each other. And then they'll have the finals, which will be a vers- the A winner versus the B winner. And um, it's some of the best shit you'll ever see. It's just yeah. It, it's all main event style matches. So like you'll have a couple tags, you know, in a show to start things off. And then the second half of the show will be two or three, sometimes G1 tournament matches where they're just main event, half hour knockdown drag out matches. And they're fucking great. Yep. Uh, so the only person I can assume quite safely is in the A block will be Tanahashi because it's been nicknamed the ace block. He is always in a block. I'll be absolutely shocked if time is not announced as like one of the first names in Abler. So there it is. We don't, we get the tease that yes, the G1 is happening. Yes, we're doing it. Here's the dates and very smart not to give us any of the competitors involved because uh, as I said, then we'd be overlooking um, the late August shows because all people will be caring about is the fucking G1, right? So, it's exciting. Uh, this is really exciting news, though, because oh my God, we didn't even so know happy. Happen. And then I was reminded by a uh, sharp-eared listener, uh, Jamie Coy, that told me, hey, you remember they were going to move it to November anyway because of the Olympics. And so, you know, I was thinking, yeah, but will they even be able to do it with the, the small roster? But, yeah, they're absolutely doing it. And they've I mean, it's all it's a giant pour all the way up and down Japan. They've got all the dates announced and even the locations. And, man, it's going to be business as usual. And I can't wait, man. It makes me wait. feel like Japan has a pretty decent hold on the COVID situation that has enabled New Japan and Noah and the other promotions to go, all right, 
we're not full steam ahead with the crowds, but we've got some crowds and we can be, uh, at least for now, full steam ahead with the show. So awesome. Fuck yes. The G130. It will be my fourth G1. I love it. It is grueling, not just... Look, I have it easy. Like, these shows start at night time for me, like, just after dinner, right? Uh, kind of like what you, what you Americans have with the uh, fucking um, AEW WWE pay-per-views and shit, right? So, but to, to say that's not grueling for me as well, like, there's still a lot of shows... Uh, one thing that'll just make it easier, I guess, is the whole COVID thing. Like, there's not much for me uh, down here to do at the moment, except uh, this sort of thing. So, I guess uh, I won't have to uh, watch many of these shows the next day or, you know, tell people I can't make stuff because uh, of COVID. I guess that's a, a small silver lining in a horrible situation there. But, yes... Oh, I can't wait. Is that my cat? Yeah, you can't can't wait either, you know? I mean, I understand. You know, everybody wants to be in the G1. Everybody wants to watch it, even cats. Damn straight. Uh, My wife's gone out to uh, her mum's because she's just moved house and shit. I know no one cares about that. So uh, the cat is probably going, meow, meow, where the fuck is everyone? Uh, and usually I'd yell out, I'm in here, shut up, and she'll come in here and sit on the couch, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, so if she meows, um, her name's Ash. Yeah, deal uh, with it, listeners. Deal you know, with it. You just got to suck it up and listen to a cat meow every once in a while. I don't know she's, what the big deal is. She's a chatty catty, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we've had a we've had our G1 gush fest. I, I'm so fucking happy. Like, I... <sighs> yeah. Just All right, a well, sigh of happiness. Let's just, let's go straight. Yeah, so. All right, moving on. We've got uh, Reisuke Taguchi and Tenkozi, which is Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroshi Tenzan versus Dalki, El Desperado, and Minaru Suzuki. And uh, there's this one spot I really like. Uh, Suzuki has uh, Tenzan on the mat, giving him uh, some kind of like leg submission and Kojima is just like, I'm not having that. I'm going to go stomp a mud hole in Suzuki right now. And right. There's this young lion spot. I've mentioned a few times where the young lion will have the opponent in a Boston crab. And then uh, someone will come up and chop that long young lion until they break the hold. I don't see many uh, main main event or non young lion wrestlers actually do that kind of thing. Doesn't happen that often. It's uh, the other guy kicks him, they let go. Suzuki gets uh, kicked a couple of times by Kojima. Then Suzuki just uh, traps his leg, <laughs> makes him trip over, and now he's got both people in, uh, both Kojima and Tenzan in, in leg locks. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was really awesome. Uh, Taguchi fucking look. I like the hip attack, you know, the butt bounce, whatever, but. And it often looks like a pretty solid move, but he gets this really f- sick flying hip attack right in Dowkey's face and was and Dowkey's cell of that. I'm just like, whoa, holy shit. That was really cool. 
uh, Kojima gets Suzuki into the corner and starts doing machine gun chops, and Suzuki's face is just like... <laughs> he's not having it at all, is he? <laughs> we did. Uh, what we, we didn't get once in all these shows is the thing where Kojima is going, ah, and he's doing the chops, and he stops and looks around for a second, and then goes, ah, and just keeps doing them. You know, we didn't get that one time, unfortunately, but he'll, he'll bust it out soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the finish is, well... Kojima beats Dauki like a young lion. Yeah. Back out of death. Back out of death. Oh, man. Kojima's arms are freaking huge. True. And, a and also. A lariat from him. I can understand if some guy just stays down. Like, shit. Also, Kojima celebrates um, doing things sometimes by bouncing his pectoral muscles up and down. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. the, the camera zooms in right on Yep. <laughs> really funny i love that man he is a big strong solid dude and wow it's hard to believe like the, the man's 49 and he's just so well built like hey man eat, oh. eat your bread every day eating bread every day keeps old age away and that's the old saying you know all right yeah well kojima was like fuck apples uh, <laughs> <laughs> apple bread do they got that i'll take that there we go yeah so really fun stuff uh, as, well, as well there. But, uh, you know, uh, Dauki gets smashed. After the match, this is kind of cool. Uh, Kojima, he wants in the kapow. He's ready to kapow it up, the king of pro wrestling. And he calls out El Desperado. Uh, I don't think they laid down stipulations. Uh, if they did, I'd be telling you right now. Uh, so... Uh, I can dig that. Uh, they're looking to heat up El Despi a bit. Um, that's 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 nice for me. Fucking hell! It's, it's she's, much. She's not even in the room. She's in the other end of the freaking house, dude. I swear. And it, you know, it, it's much more likely that Desperado would beat Kojima. Yeah. Than he would Shingo. So this is a little more kind of like okay. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens here, and and uh, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. Kojima's in that stage of his of his career where he doesn't need wins that much, and but he but he's still such a name that if uh, El Despi beats him, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, so moving on, we have uh, Show, Toriyano, and Kazuchika Okada versus. Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo Takagi. This is our first tournament match of the night. Uh, and, uh, oh man, why did I move my notes? And, and cats are staring at me. That's probably why I got distracted. Uh, there's Yano being Yano. Uh, it's cool to see Shingo, though, mix it up with Okada. Yeah. Uh, that I've not... I don't think I've seen much of that. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, yes, please. And uh, more, uh, they fought each other in the New Japan Cup and Sonata won, but seeing more Sonata versus show, uh, yes, please. Uh, there is a moment where uh, um, Sonata almost lands on his head. I think uh, he was being, he does that spot where he's about to get suplexed, but instead of being suplexed, he lands on his feet. 
he almost landed on his head the poor man uh glad he didn't glad he's totally okay because uh i think sonata's awesome uh <laughs> there's a spot on the outside i fucking love this finish it's so fucking funny uh yano's the legal man and so is bushi and uh yano brings out the tape and uh shingo's like i'm not having that takes the tape and throws it away <laughs> and you think oh well that's that's set yano back no it doesn't he yano he throws fucking bushy into the ring barricade then grabs the string on his mask and then ties his mask string to the barricade runs back into the ring count out and okada show and toriano win and bushy is so upset bushy and sonata no sorry bushy and takagi shingo takagi are two of the previous never open champions yeah, Bushi really fucking wanted to get those titles back. Why? Because he never lost them. That's why. Yeah, and that's... I totally, totally understand his fucking tantrum at the end of this match. Uh, I wrote as a question mark, uh, Bushi versus Yano Kapow? That would be fun, you know. I feel like I've seen that match somewhere at some point, you know, um, but maybe not. Uh you know, you're right. Uh, Bushi does throw a fit here at the end, and it is what it is. And Yano's so happy because he's, uh, you know, he's he's contributed to his team. And, and like we said before, you know, he's the trickster. You never know how he's going to win. And uh, he has the legitimate, um, you know, appeal of someone who can win anytime. So good stuff. I'll say that losing to Yano, you don't lose much. Like, no, it, no, it doesn't push you down because he's the wild card. He's, he's, he's that kind of threat that if you lose to him, it doesn't obviously, it doesn't push your push or character down months or years. You haven't been squashed or ruined, nothing like that. It's well established that, yep, Yano can win. And he does uh, quite consistently. Like he'll always get six to eight points in the G1. So usually somewhere in the middle. So he's usually the spoiler usually ruins people's days in the G1. So, yeah, uh, I liked this match quite a bit. Uh, but uh, here we go. Our main event, we got Wato and the Golden Ace. Man, that sounds like a really cool movie. Wato and the Golden Ace, which is Tanahashi and Ibushi, versus Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. For me, uh, this match is awesome. Wato is a kicking machine. I'm really liking his kick strikes. Uh and then you've got uh, some Ibushi versus Ishii action, which I fucking love because Ibushi and Ishii definitely have a history of slapping the shit out of each other in uh, in never open matches and things like that. There and G1 as well. I think they've met in the G1 as well. So that's one of my favorite matchups in New Japan. Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii. We get some of that in this match. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and Yoshi, this is where I wrote, my intro is in trouble. Yoshihashi gets his second win. Uh, well, Yoshi's team gets his second win, but Yoshi's gotten the pin or submission in both his tournament matches so far. So they're heating Yoshi up a little bit here. Uh, yeah, he got uh, the butterfly lock. You're right. And he got this one. 
um, against Yado or uh, Wado, excuse me. Yep. Um, this match had some really cool triple team stuff from oh, uh, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto, where they're just like hitting move after move after move uh, in succession. They were really neat, very Lij-esque. Um, and this was showing us that they're a cohesive team. And guess what? They're gonna win, man. And so, you know, that's uh, that's what this is all about. Yep. Uh, I really like Master Wato with the two veterans uh, and genius putting them with the gold, him with the golden ace. You can do nothing but learn. And also Tenzan's out there as well, supporting Master Wato, of course. And uh, after the match, <laughs> after the, after the match, Kota Ibushi gets into Ishii's face. No, there's, there's a few, you know. Uh, handshakes and all that kind of around because n- none of the six men are really enemies. And, uh, well, five, Yoshihashi and Goto, uh, Wato, Bushi and Tana, they shake hands. Hey, it's all good. Good match. Awesome. Koto Bushi gives fucking Ishii. must have looked at Ishii the wrong way because Ishii just walks up and just chops him right in the chest. And then he chops him again. And as he's chopping him the second time, he hits Tanahashi the wrong way. Ishii don't give fuck. Why? He's just mad for no reason. He's just like, hey, he won the match. Yeah, we won, but he still, he still wants a little more. I like that. I thought that was funny. Oh yeah. Uh, everyone might be friends, but Ishii ain't friends with Ibushi. Oh no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> well, Luke, that yeah. moves us on to the the final night of this tournament, right? Not quite. I just want to say uh, Yoshihashi's promo. Uh, oh, yeah. translated. This isn't as good as the promo the next night, but uh, well, uh, he said, uh, we're in uncertain times. I've been uncertain all the way through my, through my career here. I'm uncertain now, but tomorrow I want to show you a dream come true. Remember these words after the main tomorrow. Life can change in an instant. And then backstage, uh, all chaos tomorrow. I have to face Kazu, Yano, and Sho, but I can't hold back. I have to get results. I will abs- I absolutely will get those belts tomorrow night. And with that, we are on to August 9th. Yes, I'm working out how numbers work. So summer struggle, August 9th. This is last night. And we start with uh, Gabriel Kidd and Yuya Uramura versus Gato and Yujiro Takahashi with Jado. Yeah. So, yeah, Jado's always coming out, always with his bloody kendo stick. Kid's a little bandaged up in this match, I did notice. And uh, all right, there's a there's a move that they do in Bullet Club matches, especially with Yard uh, Jado on the outside, where uh, re- a wrestler will throw, uh, you know, Yujiro or Gato will throw one of the guys into the ropes, and as he's running the other way, smack with the kendo stick. And uh, Yuya, rather than uh, get hit with a stick, uh, drop kicks Jado. He kind of scouted that. I was That was really cool. Another amazing double under hook suplex by Yurimura. But uh, Yujiro hits the pimp juice on Yurimura. And the Bullet Club beats up the Young Lions. Yeah, and, and that move is actually the double overhook super. Oh. 
I know, I know. I just gotta gotta get you. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting move, though. It looks different, and it looks it's kind of convoluted to set up, and that's kind of good, though, because it means he has to work to get it. You know, it's kind of yep. cool. You find that with a lot of New Japan um, signature moves or finishing moves. Not all of those moves are easy to put on, or if they are easy to put on, they're easy to reverse. So there's always a, oh, it's coming, or no, it isn't. Oh, it's coming. No, it isn't. I, I love that kind of stuff in uh, in new japan so next match we've got uh yoda suji tomoaki homa and toki makabe versus ryusuke daguchi yuji nagata and satoshi kojima so kojima's been uh working a bit with uh honma and makabe in this tour this time he's on the other side so uh i look there's, there's something that fucking cracked me up all right so taguchi and honma start start the match i think and uh fucking honma starts beating up Taguchi and Taguchi kind of oversells a chop to the chest and Hanma looks fucking confused by it. <laughs> what? It's like, I didn't hit him that hard, did I? <laughs> I think it's just the match too where um Taguchi did his own Kokeshi too, where he kinda yeah. he kinda danced a little bit and then did his own Kokeshi, which was very disrespectful to Hanma, you know, and Hanma was definitely confused about that as well. Yeah. Uh, I know we might have done this other times, but this time I t- really set up, set up and took notice. Y- Yoda Suji is doing these amazing but scary-looking sentons. He is a, a big dude, and just uh, d- you know, doing a, a senton on someone looks fucking incredible. It looked amazing. He did it on Kojima, so that's even less space to jump because even laying flat. Look at these pecs and stuff. Kojima's a big dude. <laughs> Right, so oh, I thought it would look awesome, but of course, uh, when uh, Kojima's in the match against a young lion, Lariat, and uh, Kojima picks up the rin here, and it's around this time, Mr. Andy, that I saw a tweet by Jay White, the Switchblade himself, and all it said was eight twenty-nine. Yeah. Nothing. I, and you were like, this better not be a fucking tease. God damn it. You know, because uh, that means that maybe he'll be back in New Japan at yeah. that time. That would be great. Um, I, don't, it, I don't like Switchblade. I love him. He's great. Yeah, I mean, he's underrated, like, big time, too. And people don't get how great he is. But uh, I think if oh he returns, and he'll be even better. And um, I don't I'm, think I've had a chance to talk Switchblade either. So I'm just going to say this, like, I can't remember. Maybe Show is the other other guy I've seen do this since coming back as a young lion, but I've never seen a guy come back from being a young lion. And all right, it, it took a while to kind of get off the ground, but once he did, he has everything. He's he's in his mid twenties or maybe mid to late now. He's in his mid to late twenties. He's a suplex machine. I fucking love that. He's like. He's got a douchebag heel character, but he's got the, 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 the suplexes. He's got the moves. He's got the ring psychology down perfect. Like, this is a guy who shouldn't have a lot of these things figured out until maybe he's 30, you know, 31, when he's had a few years as a big player. They they gave him the ball to run with, and he's never let New Japan down. I think his matches are great. Uh He's beaten 
a lot of big names already. Uh, his first big win was Kenny. He's In one year, he beat Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kazuchika Okada. No uh, one's done that. No one's done that, by the way. So that's Clean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clean. And this is a heel. So he... And it's just the way that I feel like he has it all. He has... He has it all. He's wise beyond his years. Yeah, that's my opinion of Jay White, the Switchblade. He's already a one-time IWGP champion, and that will not be his only reign with that belt. I fucking guarantee it. He is too good not to have another run on that belt. So uh, that is a teasing tweet. That is the first real chance I've had to talk me some Switchblade. Uh, you just watch until he starts wrestling every week. I'll be like... Shut up and talk about Shingo some more. <laughs> One more thing that while we're paused here, um, so they had this uh, New Japan had advertised this new application for your phone, mm-hmm. and and it had like little buttons on it, and they were like tweeting like, oh, it's gonna be loud as fuck in Corrigan Hall because of this app, and the idea is that you can push these buttons on the app and it makes crowd noises, right? And um, and you can count along with the ref and stuff like that. But it's just coming out of the little speaker on your phone. So it's not loud at all. And like five minutes into this, I saw all the Japanese people just put their phones away. <laughs> they were like, fuck this. This thing doesn't work at all. So yeah. hopefully that was a free app because good Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So where's my note for that? Yep. And next we've got a match between... Uh, Sonata and Shingo Takaki versus Benaro Suzuki and Daoki. Suzuki's all smiles, beating up Shingo and Sonata again. That's fucking awesome preview stuff by Shingo and Suzuki. Oh my god, these two just beat the shit out. I love Suzuki feuds because Suzuki gets tunnel vision big time. Yes, yeah, he doesn't care about winning. He cares about killing his opponent. Oh yeah. There was a moment where he was like doing his crazy facial expression with his tongue out thing on the outside and Shingo was standing there giving it right back to him. But behind Shingo, right in between the camera and Shingo was um, Suji, uh, you know, being the young lion. And he just was like, I'm fucking out of here and just dipped out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to stand here because Shingo would have just let it slide. But. Monaro just would have just backhanded him across the face or something and kicked him in the head. Uh, no kidding. Uh, Monaro Suzuki loves to beat up young lions. Uh, well, actually, I tell a lie. He loves to beat up everyone. Yeah, but, everybody. But he will walk out and especially after losing a match, if if a young lion tries to hold him back. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, he'll beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> uh, so he's got major tunnel vision. He wants. Shingo. So, <laughs> so Shingo is in a, in, is in a, like a sleeper hole laying on the mat in the corner with Suzuki. Suzuki's too busy choking him out. And Suzuki can see that Sonata is about to pin Daoki. And usually you'd think like, all right, Suzuki's going to let Shingo go, go kick Sonata. Match continues. Nah, he watches Daoki get pinned while he's choking out Shingo. <laughs> He doesn't care, you know? It's great. No, no sir. And uh, 
I think this is the time where they they uh, do do a pose at the end with uh, Shingo holding the Never title, and uh, it's all becoming very official. <laughs> Shingo versus Suzuki, very happy, and we've got cleaning happening around this time. And then we've got another really fun match. We've got Master Wato, uh, Golden Ace, of course, Tanahashi and Ibushi, and Tenzan. He's not just coming out to support Wato. He's actually in this match. And they're against the Dangerous Techers, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. Really fun stuff. And uh, I like how the Golden Ace is uh, making a comeback in this story. So uh, there's this one one spot, though, where Tanner wants to get tagged in. He's fucking desperate for it. Like, he's leaning right over the ropes. <laughs> I remember. Almost that. like he's setting himself up to get, like, a draping DDT or something. Like, that's how far off the ropes he's hanging just to get this tag. I've never seen that. Like, holy shit, he wants to get tagged in big time. And uh, this is the first time I see this move. Or it might be the second time, actually. But I've mentioned it right here. There's this really amazing... You'll describe it better than me. Wato does this kind of flippy side slam move. And I was like, he did it the night before. He did it again. And I was like, what even is that? That was awesome. What is that, Andy? Well, I call it, it's a crucifix side slam is what I'm calling it. Uh, I, I heard someone was describing it as a gut wrench move, but it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's set up like he's, you know, what a crucifix bomb is, is where basically yeah. – one guy is kind of backpacking the other guy, kind of falls backwards and pins him. Uh, it's kind of like that, but off to the side with a, with a spinning uh, part of it. And it's a fucking cool move. Apparently, he had five or six different finishers that he went through in Mexico, and that was one of them. So I, I think he's got a lot of these moves uh, in the backpack. Um, I, you know, and I think that more of them, you know, they're all going to be good and and we're going to see more and more of them as we go but i mean this match was more about tanahashi than it was oh, any yeah. you know that's yeah. what this is all about oh yeah and uh so uh, we we get a uh, high fi flow first one he's been able to hit for ages by the way <laughs> yes and he hits it on yoshinobu kanemaru uh and uh yeah the uh, dangerous takers are not happy because they're realizing, fuck, we got to wrestle these two again. Ugh. And uh, they really don't want to because, well, you know, why would you want to wrestle? If you're heels, why would you want to keep wrestling the Golden Ace? There's a really high chance that they'll beat you. <laughs> after after uh, the match, too, they, they had some fun with the titles where, you know, the 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 Techers forgot the titles in the ring because they were so bummed out from losing. And so Ibushi's like, here you go. I got them right here. But they're all, like, scared of him because Tanahashi's now, you know, at full power or whatever. That was good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Zack Sabre Jr. won't go near him, so he uses uh, Tai Chi's microphone stand to kind of hook the belts and pull them closer to uh, him and Tai Chi. (laughs) (laughs) That was good stuff. Oh, shit. That was really cool stuff. And now we've got uh, Bushi and Naito. Uh, Tetsuya Naito versus uh, Taiji Ishimori and Evil with uh, Dick Togo coming out at ringside. And this is where I said, am I the only one who thinks that Dick Togo is dressed like an 80s drug lord villain from a B-movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, here he is. Uh, there's a, look, 
it, it's a it's a fine match, but there's a ref bump, and then Togo comes in with that uh, big wire garrote thing, uh, low blow on uh, Naito, and then Ishimori, Evil, and Togo uh, stomping a mud hole in Naito, and then here he is, Hiromu Takahashi comes out for the save, c- kind of clears house a bit, and it's a very rare thing in New Japan. For a match to end this way, it is a DQ. So it's a disqualification on Los Ingobernables de Japón. And uh, the Bullet Club pick up the win here, which uh, was was fine. This uh, is what needed, something like this needed to happen. We needed to see Hiromi back for the last show before we have a couple weeks off to go, hey, Ishimori, I'm going to kick your ass. He's got these really awesome uh, happy pants on, too. Like yeah, it. his pants were electric, man. They took batteries. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here we go, dude. Uh, just uh, put some Phil Collins in your, in your headphones right, right about now, listeners. You know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Hopefully I didn't hurt your ears right now because here it is. Show Toriano Kazuchika Okada versus... Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. And uh, Yoshi and Okada start off the match. That's pretty cool. But fuck me. Ishii just beats the shit out of show, doesn't he? Oh, my God. Just, oh, you you want to show how never you are lately? Oh, let, let, let's see. Chop, chop, throat chop, punch, throat chop, punch. Throw chop punch picks him back up. Throw chop punch. Throw chop punch. <laughs> Fucking hell! Forever, it's awesome. One thing I really loved about this match is seeing Show go toe to toe with a couple of never guys that he wouldn't normally wrestle against because they're all in chaos. And that's uh, Goto and uh, of Ishii. course Ishi. Seeing Yo uh, Show go toe to toe with these guys is a freaking treat. I loved it. There's also this really cool part in the match where it's back to Yoshihashi and Okada. And Okada's got him in that uh, uh, <clears throat> Cobra clutch. And you're like, what's it called? The money clip? Yeah. yeah. And you think, oh, shit. Oh, no. All right, it's over. And and it's, the dream's over. It's, it's done. But not Yoshihashi. Uh, someone comes in, you know, Saves the day, I think it's Ishii. And then they reverse that spot, but it doesn't work so much because Yoshihashi's got the butterfly lock on Okada. And I'm just like, <laughs> that, that were... part, that one part didn't work for me. That Look, I, I'm not a hater of Yoshihashi's. I'm not. I hate that move, though. I There you go. That's, that is what it is. There were some awesome diving pin breakups in this match, oh. too. Like, just some really well-timed, like, you know, oh, shit, it's over. No, here comes the two dudes from the other from the mm-hmm. other team just out of nowhere flying in, you know. And, and uh, as it's a really well-done tag match with just awesome wrestlers. Not a big fan of the finish, but, hey, it is what it is, man. All right, so we don't always have to agree. I loved it because, well, Ishii, Ishii wins, dude. Come on. That's brain, brain buster on show. But Show had such a good showing beating uh, in this match. Uh, I don't think he loses anything at all losing to Ishii. Fuck, he's he's 
Mancini, him, you know, get suplexes on him and Goto was super rad. Uh, look, if if they were to say, look, we need numbers for the G1, we might t- chuck a couple juniors in it. Uh, if one of those juniors is show, uh, yes, please. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd uh, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He freaking killed it. Ishii gets the pin, and there it is. Yoshihashi has his first t- title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. My intro was ruined, <laughs> and in what is to me like complete class, Okada not only hands Yoshi the belt, he puts it around uh, Yoshihashi's waist. Fucking, I love you, Okada. Really cool thing to do. And then promo time. You can you can jump in and be have a grub fest at a tick, but I, I'm kind of happy. I've always been the Fox Mulder of Yoshihashi fans. Oh, I want to believe. And look, if you're beat down and shown to be a loser for 12 years, it's really hard to care and want to get behind a guy. It really <laughs> is. And I bring it back to Dowkey. Dowkey, right, he's new. and But now people are starting to say, oh, he's really smooth and really fantastic in the ring. Yeah, but it's really hard to root for the guy because you know he's just going to get his ass beat and he loses. Now imagine 12 years of that. It's really hard to get behind someone like that no matter what you do with him. So it's it's a big moment. And I my heart was – my heart oh, – it, it warmed my heart. Look, it's not as if he won the IC title or the IWGP heavyweight or, or the Never title, heaven forbid, or anything like that. <laughs> but – it's it's a fucking cool moment. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked Yoshi. Yoshi, like his demeanor just seems to change immediately. The like he's had this huge weight lifted off his shoulders. He's smiling. He's emotional. Gets on the mic. He's, and uh, and uh, you know so uh, some of the things he said. But uh, uh, I'll paraphrase one of the things he said though. But it isn't just me. Maybe all of you are going through some stuff, but tomorrow, the next moment, the next instant, everything can change for the better. I'm living proof. Keep standing up. You can all change in an instant. And the man, I just, I was really happy that uh, everybody was, that, yeah, everybody that was. He, that he actually. Got that win. I, I made a joke to you at the end of the match uh, where they're doing the backstage comments and uh, Yoshi is sitting in between Ishii and Goto. And I just wrote, oh, Ishii and Goto, Ishii and Goto have belts and their reaction. Cool. Yoshihashi has belts. Oh, my fucking God, this is the best thing ever. Whoa. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Look, if they can use this as a springboard to actually do something with him, look, I'm not expecting him to pull five-star matches out of his ass and be the best thing we've ever seen. But there's no reason why he can't be a really solid mid-card competitor uh, uh, and, and things like that. But, wow, 12 years is a really long time not to give a guy a belt. And it's really easy to lose hope and his, his promos at the end of this match just say like, don't lose that hope. Keep, get back up, keep fighting, keep going. And man, that's that attitude 
that he kind of brought out in that promo, I was just like, yeah, all right. Okay, cool. All right. You're a nice dude, Yoshihashi. Congratulations, man. So there it is. My intro is ruined. Hey, when I started this show with you, Andy, uh, I think I did say this at the start. Like, I didn't think I'd have to change my intro eight episodes in. And I'm not mad. Uh, I was, my heart was warmed. Uh, Charity looked up from this match as well because uh, she was interested in the story of it. And by the end of it, both of us were just smiling. We were happy for the big luck. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I know you're not particularly happy, but come on, man. Does Okada need that belt? No, I, I, I don't care about those belts. And it's fine. They threw him a bone. That's great. I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe now's the time to start caring because, hey, I know you're not a huge Yoshihashi guy uh, or a huge Goto guy, but that's a pretty strong team. Uh, if you've got uh, Ishii and Goto in your corner on a three-man team, that's that's pretty fucking tough, dude. So I don't know. Maybe they'll do something with it in the future. You never know. Yeah, maybe he'll retire. <laughs> <laughs> they threw him a bone. So shut up. <laughs> all right well okay so that was all our summer struggle stuff we ended on a big high note everyone was super happy and that's a good thing man they told these nice you know that's one cool thing about new japan is they have these nice compartmentalized stories that you know do mean stuff for the future but also their stories end which is fucking awesome and you know a new story's beginning and uh so we have a big break coming up and the next show uh, the next summer struggle show won't be till the 26th. So it'll be one on the 26th, 27th, and then the Jingu stadium on the 29th. We do in the meantime, have, uh, the USA new Japan cup, uh, stuff going on on the 14th and 21st. But other than that, it's just the G1 coming up. So we're going to you know, talk about, we're not going to look ahead to that yet, but the next time that you and I will be on here talking, it'll be either kind of an evergreen episode where we're talking about a particular subject, or we're going to be announcing competitors for the G1. So either way, this oh, is all. Gonna- we could do a special G1 episode. Are you serious? I'd love that. All right. Yes. Yes. I mean, we'll, <gasps> we'll, let's plan that off, off air, but yes, you know, so we got all kinds of ideas of stuff we can do in this kind of break area, um, and we're we're gonna fill that time with some fun stuff. So point is, is that uh, you know you you're not gonna hear anything about new shows for a little bit. We may cover the New Japan you know cup stuff, the American New Japan Cup stuff. Maybe we're not, not gonna do a show next week just to cover no, no yes the new the American New Japan Cup. No offense to that show, but it is it does feel like a side show. Uh, I mean, like a, you know, like a, a, a its own smaller kind of entity. So I, what I think we'll do is if we cu- if we do a show next week, about the faction system or something else, we might spend a bit of time at the start going through. He's 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 week two and such and such. Um, another plan we might have for some time during the break is there's a there's a movie where Tanahashi tries to achieve the impossible, making us believe that he can be a heel. Uh, so, you know, we've got things on the back burner. Uh, there's a rich history of New Japan, a lot of which I don't know, some of which you don't know, but you might not largely know everything as well. So we've got we've got things. We might not do a show every single week we have a break because, you know, it just depends on how we feel and when we can 
hook up to record and stuff, but we got plans. Don't you worry. Well, uh, it's that time of the episode where we got to wrap mm-hmm. stuff up, but we can't do that before talking about our match recommendations. Uh, Luke, uh, you want to tell me about your recommendation from last week? I do, and can I also apologize for it? I don't want to apologize because of the match quality, which is really good. I want to apologize to you because we had five wrestling shows to cover, and then uh, on top of that, I suggest a match we should watch, which is a fucking hour. Yeah, it was an hour long, but <laughs> so, it's, it was fun to watch. You know, I it was one of those matches where you could kind of walk away from it and come back later, and you're like, ah, still stuff, same stuff going on. Okay, <laughs> but uh. But, yeah, it was pretty good. Tell me about it here. All right. So it's from February 20 in 2005 at Ryogoku. It's uh, Hiroshi Tensen versus Satoshi Kojima. But uh, it's not just for the IWGP heavyweight title. It's for the All Japan Triple Crown title as well. Uh, and So it's a double title match. Uh, Kojima is the outsider. Tenzan is the new Japan champion. And uh, some people come out with uh, Kojima, uh, one of them being uh, Hanma, and, uh, and things like that. The I watched this in one sitting, uh, so I just maybe I was just in the mood to to see some old wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But Kojima and Tenzan spend a lot of time in this match grinding each other down. You see these two big dudes and you, you think, all right, suplexes, chops, that kind of stuff, right? You, you, big man match. It's not like that at all. There's a lot of pure wrestling in this, a lot of mat-based stuff, which is really cool. Um, they sprinkle in some power moves, like some pile drivers and suplexes and shit like that. Then it's back to grinding down on each other big time. I kind of like that slow burn. It, it, I don't know. It kinda, at start, I was just like, okay, it, okay. And then as it kept going on, I was like, Right, they're, they're slowly ramping this up. And it ramps up to the point where Tenzan, he can't get up anymore. He can't get up yeah. for a 10 count. <laughs> and Kojima wins. And there must have been some big fucking storyline going on at the time because at the end of the match, Kojima takes the New Japan title, throws it in the ring like it's a piece of garbage, and leaves. And then Shinsuke Nakamura just fucking launches himself at him, going, oh, you motherfucker, don't you dare disrespect that belt. <laughs> so there's a bit of a story going on here that um, will probably come to a head. I might investigate that for the future. Uh, I definitely won't recommend the future of that story uh, during... I think, I'll, I think I've learned my lesson. If we've got a long show, I will not pick... A freaking long match. Uh, I think uh, that's that, fine. That's yeah. fine. But at the end of the day, though, I really enjoyed this match. It's really cool seeing these uh, what what is what are now two older veterans uh, back in their heyday when they're both uh, young studs just beating each other up. I thought it was a really good match. It wasn't what I expected from a big man match. It, it was very kind of uh, pure wrestling kind of style. And, you know, I don't think anyone watching it will go, go, this is my favorite match of all time. But you'll watch it and go, I'm glad I watched it. That was actually a really good textbook match. Yeah. What do you think? Very similar thoughts. It's 
It's great New Japan wrestlers wrestling a really good match in New Japan style with a lot of map-based stuff and power moves. I mean, that's what the match is, and it doesn't, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of those matches that doesn't have those kind of peaks and valleys so much as it's kind of all one act. It's just all like the same thing for like an hour, but it's not boring. You know, it's just it's just doesn't have those kind of peaks and valleys like you see in a lot of other matches. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing. Them just like be- trading, beating shit out of each other. But it's very good. And uh, those guys are awesome wrestlers, and it's great to see what they're capable of. And even after fucking 45 minutes in, they're still going hard, you know. And there's no uh, there's no sign of ex- exhaustion. That's and, another and whatnot, thing, right? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see two big men like this, and no offense to them, but in my history of watching pro wrestling, uh, wrestlers with bigger guys don't tend to go for an hour. Because that's just not the style they wrestle or, you know, they play up to the more big men parts of of, uh, wrestling. No, man, these guys go at it for an hour. And if you see any exhaustion or tiredness in the match, that's just them selling because they've been wrestling for so long, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I was impressed that um, I, I don't mean it. Like, I've just never seen two guys this massive size go for so long, and I I really ad- admire that. It was really good. What's your match, Andy? Well, my match last week was uh, also free on the New Japan World. Uh, it's Keiji Muto versus Masahiro Chono from the very first G1 Climax in August 12th, 1991. Um, this is just, I mean, if you when you watch a match like this, you watch it and you see other wrestlers. That's what I see. I see yeah. all these other wrestlers that wrestle like these guys because they were fans of Japanese wrestling back in the day, and this is what you know has affected them, and they've learned all this. And and Mudo is fucking just fantastic. Chono is like this power guy, and um, you know the finish is a power or uh, it's a it's a power bomb but it's like a driver like it's a power driver yeah and he just fucking crushes the you know uh mudo and so like it's really hard hitting it does have a lot of mat work in it too but what did you think luke i'm interested to hear what you thought about it all right so this is the one where i was a little late for uh, night three and uh the reason I decided to keep the match going rather than, all right, pause, watch new, watch the new stuff, then go back to it is because our charity got invested in it. So uh, I think she's a very, very, very casual wrestling viewer. So if something ta- takes her notice, I'm like, all right, well, let's let it run. And uh, that's what I did. No regrets. Uh, I could not believe this match was from 1991 because this match could happen today. And people will still be going fucking nuts for it. It is fucking awesome. Most of this, like a lot of this match is spent on the mat while they do submissions to each other. There's some fucking brutal suplexes and pile drivers and kicks and shit. And then, yeah, as you say, this mean, mean, nasty looking powerbomb driver by Chono. And wow. Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, a lot of old wrestling can date uh, because uh, wrestling styles change 
and and things like that. So wrestling matches can kind of date themselves, I guess. This one didn't. This one has aged like a fucking fine wine and uh, seek it out. You'll, you'll love it. It's it's fantastic stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm gushing. Like, yeah, I, I, I know the names. Kenji Muto and Masahiro Chono, you can't watch New Japan for any semblance of time and not hear those names mentioned. It's just impossible, right? Or at least, or even see their face. Like, I've seen Chono turn up, uh, in, in, I think, in commentary or just sitting around a few times. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he feuded with uh, with um, Jericho and WCW, too, and he was like the leader of the NWO in Japan. And, and <laughs> he, and part of that was after he had kind of done so many of these matches that he couldn't really go like he used to. And so this, this match in 91 is when he's like at, in his prime and, yeah. you know, and Keiji Muto is kind of in that same, you know, area. Although, you know, we know most people know him as the great Muda and he also wrestles in new Japan as the great Muda too. And that's a whole other thing. The, the, you know, why he would be one over the other and, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's just one of the most influential wrestlers of all time, period, point blank. Just watch Sonata. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it, that's a great example of somebody who wrestles just like Keiji Muto. And I mean that in a great way. Cause I've, Freaking love me some uh, Sonata. So, uh, yeah. Uh, like, this match, they don't even lock up straight away. They they circle each other a couple of times first, these two uh, dudes. So, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Well, Luke, what is your uh, recommendation for this week? All right. So, we're going to November 19th, 2012. And... Uh, um, it's in Tokyo. It's uh, forgive my pronunciations. Is it shit? It's uh, Shibuya Axe Never Openweight Championship match. And it's versus uh, Masato Tanaka and Carl Anderson. This is the match to crown the very first Never Openweight Champion. <laughs> Well, we all know Masato Tanaka from, you know, his wars with Mike Awesome at ECW. He also wrestled in New Japan. And uh, Carl Anderson, the machine gun, he's uh, from right up the road from where I live. And uh, I've had many encounters with him over the years. And, um, you know, got a couple Carl Anderson stories. And, in fact, uh, the local promotion where he, you know, kind of came up – you know, that's where the Chad Too Bad character came from. I mean, his real name's Chad Allegra, and uh, that's where that character came from. And that's where the gun stun came from that still Tomatonga does to these, this day. So, uh, you know, a lot of history with that guy. I'm very interested to hear this or to watch this one. Yep. Uh, me too. Uh, I have seen Masato Tanaka wrestle. Yes, I've seen him wrestle. Like, awesome. But um, the one that jumps right out, out at me, I'm pretty sure he was – one of my favorite pay-per-view experiences, I think, was ECW One Night Stand. I'm pretty sure Awesome and Tanaka tore it up yeah. uh, there too. So, yeah, uh, I've not re- I've seen Masano Masato Tanaka wrestle in, in America. I have not seen any of his Japan stuff. So, uh, 
you know, uh, he's, he's fucking pretty, insane. So I pretty, mean, like, yeah. Uh, as soon as I saw his name, I was just like, well, of, of course he'd be perfect for that division. He's he's never as fuck. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll see. And uh, and my recommendation for the week, I'm trying to get some junior stuff in here because. You know, we've been uh, recommending a lot of heavyweight matches. And so this one's a very recent match. I just watched it not that long ago, and it was just one of the best matches from the best of Super Juniors in 2019. It's uh, from May 23rd. It's Shingo versus Dragon Lee. Might also be Ryu Lee. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it depends on uh, what time of the year you're looking at that. But uh, it's just a fantastic match that'll make you shit your pants. So you might want to wear a diaper. This is the first match you've recommended that uh, I have seen, and uh, I'm, I'm going to watch the shit out of this again. This match is incredible. Uh, yeah. It's a neat little note about it is it took place right after another match that everyone was calling the best match in the Super Juniors, and everyone was like, oh, how are they going to follow this? And then they just fucking tore it up. So they, What they was that match? It was uh, a certain gentleman whose name uh, I'm not sure we're, we're mentioning uh, versus yeah. Bandito. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's a fucking great match. But uh, no, I think this one's better. <laughs> well, we'll uh, find and, out. And I'm not so. saying that just because we're uh, – yeah, uh, not mentioning the guy who's in that annoying fucking card game commercial. Yes. Oh, oh, that's my impersonation. Yeah. Oh, you've just turned him into Goofy. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, what else is there, Luke? We kind of talked about it all. This is by far going to be our longest episode, but we had yeah. so much to cover. There's so much great news and awesome things to, uh, you know, coming up here in New Japan. Uh, I mean, is there, is there anything else, or can we move you know, on? I, so August 26th is the day before my birthday. 27th is my birthday. And then my birthday weekend, I'm going to see some fucking never-as-fuck action. Thank you. Thank you very much, New Japan, and thank you, Gato. <laughs> and Gato, I trust. Your birthday's going to be never as fuck. <laughs>